0: These two guys of
1: Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Chad
0: on Score North and scorenorth.com. Yes, it's time for the bonus scoop session that we do on Tuesdays with Darren Doogie Wilson, Channel 5 Eyewitness News. Also, of course, the scoop podcast right here on Score North. Zolgad, Doogie, and executive producer Declan Goff. And Darren, let's start here. The Vikings. What can you tell me about the anticipation of a Kevin O'Connell press conference to introduce him finally uh, at TCO
1: as the Vikings' new head coach? Good morning, gentlemen. Good late morning. Hope you two both had wonderful Valentine's Days. Judd, I still anticipate a news conference to take place. The initial plan all along was at some point this week. Now, we had to see if the Rams ultimately won the Super Bowl. They did when the parade would be. Now we know the parade will be tomorrow. So, you know, based on the Vikings' initial planning, okay, let him attend the parade, soak up the win, then come here. So, like, we're looking at Thursday, I guess maybe Friday. I guess if they wanted to, they could push it out until next Monday. But, like, that's been the initial plan all along. Jed, I can tell you there are multiple assistant coaches who have agreed the contracts to join Kevin O'Connell staff that still fully anticipate coming here to Minnesota. So I know it's unbelievable fodder right now. Some prominent websites, including Pro Football Talk, have run with it. Just opining, wondering I hey, could I Sean McVay walk away. Could Kevin O'Connell be the next Rams head coach? Yep. I'm just telling you, Judd, like I don't I don't foresee this being a Josh McDaniels type situation with the Colts many years ago. Like until I hear otherwise, yeah, I, I fully expect Kevin O'Connell to be the next Vikings head coach.
0: Take me through what we know um, right now because it's come out in bits and pieces about what you brought up, which is Kevin O'Connell's coaching staff. Who who do we know is in and, and what do, do we know about what this staff is going to look like?
1: Well, I brought up, I guess at this point, 10 or 11 days ago, Two Scoop podcasts ago, Wade Phillips' son, Wes Phillips, was the passing game coordinator slash tight ends coach with the L.A. Rams that I fully expected him to have some sort of prominent role with the Vikings. Those signs point to him being the offensive coordinator here. Many of the other names are out there. Aaron Wilson, who used to cover the NFL for the Houston Chronicle way back when for the Baltimore Sun, he's very tight in. I know he's done a good job of, of pushing some names forward. Jeremy Fowler of ESPN as well. The other prominent name would be Ed Donatel, that that he agreed to a contract last week. I know one of his attorneys was looking over the the wording, but all signs point to Ed Donatel being the the Vikings defensive coordinator. One interesting nugget I heard last week, Judd, was because I know there are Andre Patterson fans at TCO Performance Center. I was told there was never actually a conversation about Andre staying on staff. I fully expected that to happen. I'm told all things considered, Andre did not want to go join the New York Giants, but he did not have a choice. He wanted to stay here, but he was not given that opportunity. So that definitely surprised me. Like I thought I thought just based on how many fans there are of Andre Patterson and Egan that they would find a pathway to keeping him on the staff, but just those conversations never took place. Keenan McCardle as wide receivers coach Zero surprise. Justin Jefferson face of the franchise. What he wants, you grant he wanted Keenan McCardle back, so I'm not surprised by that.
0: Interesting stuff. So to, to go down that path, tell me this then. So so JJ wants McCardle back. McArdle stays. So does Steelen. Yeah, but my point is this Daniel Hunter loves Patterson, correct? Like saw him as oh, as yeah. his guy. Oh yeah. Uh, to explore that space. Do we expect fallout from a, a guy who has basically barely played in the last two years, who when he does play is fantastic, um, is still, I think, deemed a star? Could, could the first real issue that Kwesi uh, faces at TCO be some blowback from Daniil, especially with, with the fact that he is due that uh, lump payment in March, which I know can be smoothed out. But my guess is there could be some contractual shenanigans there. Do we need to keep an eye on the possibility of that whole thing, for lack of a better term, imploding?
1: Well, interesting you bring that up. I know you guys brought that up on Purple Daily at some point last week until we have some finality on that front. We need to continue to talk about that situation. I think it's more the contract, not necessarily Andre, but make no mistake, Daniil incredibly close with Andre he had more back and forth over the last couple years with some of the issues going on with Andre than anyone else so that just tells you how close those two are what is the cap hit right now Judd because something needs to happen you know the numbers better than I do but something needs to happen it'll happen pretty quick here like this time next month as we talk on March 15th or whatever that Tuesday is of that week like we'll know what's going on on Daniil because he's due that money here pretty quick, you know, five days or is it less than five days into the into the new you know NFL calendar year?
0: Yeah, I think it's the fifth day.
1: Yeah, and what is it? I mean, it's is the cap hit twenty six point one million? I'm looking it up. Am I right talking about a line on that? The cap hit is is ridiculously high. So we know something needs to occur. Mm-hmm. On the Hunter contract, I am curious what the exact numbers are. I should know top my twenty six
0: point one is correct. 26.1 yeah. twi- so, twenty two. Well, we
1: know he can't be on the team with a twenty six point one million dollar cap hit, so we know something needs to happen with the contract. Yeah, I'm still working on what exactly will happen because you're right. You know, I mean, and he's what twenty seven, twenty eight. I mean, he's still in the prime of his career, even with the recent injury history. Yeah. Yes. There's a lot to like there. He's in phenomenal shape. We know that. So he can bounce back from from injury, even though we're talking some serious, plural, injuries, mm-hmm. right? Uh, or at least a history of injuries, maybe one particular injury, you know, that, that's very worrisome with, with, what, the neck. But, like, we know when he's on the field, like, is there any debate, Judd, top 10 pass rusher? No. you even put him in the top seven, top six, top five? I mean, he's in that conversation for sure. Correct. And, like, you're not going to do any better than him anytime real soon. But, like we know, 26-1 is not workable. So something needs to happen on the contract. I'm not convinced he'll be here in 2022. How about that?
0: So um, I, I believe it was your guy, f- former agent, if I'm not mistaken, Joel Corey did a sit-down with somebody after after the contract was reworked last June and basically explained that the big cap hit that he would or the big bonus that he would get on the fifth day of the league year actually can be smoothed out by spreading it through years um on, on a restructure. I guess the question was, was was that contract done with that in mind, or was it the contract done in June to make Daniel happy at that time? with a plan that it would need to be torn up completely again now if he was to stay. The second part that's not being discussed, and look, I think that 4-3, 3-4, 2-8, I don't care. He's going to, to be good. But in the prime of his career, does he want to play in a 3-4 defense? Um, flat out in his prime, when when there was talk, Duges way back when, about Frazier possibly going to a 3-4, we asked Jared Allen about that back then. And Jared at that time said, no way, I'm a 4-3 guy. So, like, there are are definite talking points here and answers we don't have when it comes to that contract. And just as importantly, Hunter's use that are going to have to be addressed internally with him because if he says, look, I am a 4-3 guy, you're playing a 3-4, it could it could get to a situation where it becomes untenable.
1: Yeah, I mean it could. Now, how often did they go hybrid last year, more specifically when Daniil was healthy? I mean, it's not like they were always in 4-3. I get it 4-3 has been the base, it was the, the base. base no, right. But there were but some the philosophies are different. So even going back multiple years, but yeah, the philosophies are different. I don't have that answer, Judd. No, yeah, I, don't I don't have either. every answer. I'm curious. I just know this much. I don't think enough people are talking about that situation. There's such a fixation, and I get it, on the quarterback position. In the last 24 hours, more so on, will Kevin O'Connell even be the Vikings coach? Is there a chance that blows up? Really, outside of you guys, there really isn't anybody talking about the Daniel Hunter situation. And I do think it deserves a big spotlight. I really do.
0: Agreed completely. Um, And I I saw that our friend Tom Pellicero reported, I think, on Sunday that Mike Pettin is expected to join the staff as as a yet-to-be-determined defensive assistant. Is that correct?
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, him and Kevin share the same representation, so I'm not surprised one bit on that. We see that all the time. Whether we should or not, we can debate that. But We see it all the time. Look at the new GM in Chicago who many people wanted to be the GM here, Ryan Poles. He hired a guy that has the same representation as him. I can point to any number of of other recent examples. It's just the way it is. Now, I'm fine with that. Like, I get it. Uh, He has failed, failed miserably at times. But just as somebody that Kevin can lean on for advice, who's been a head coach before, like, I'm not – I'm not bothered by him coming in as, as a defensive assistant. Yeah, if he was calling the, the defensive plays, yeah, I get it. There could be some concern there, but I think Ed Donatello's a pretty good hire, all things considered in that regard. I'm fine with Mike Pettin joining the staff. So, yeah, that is that is absolutely the plan, the former Browns head coach to be an assistant here.
0: Wolves scoops. Pat Bev, as you, you've been saying for quite some time, got done, huh?
1: It did get done, yes. When the Wolves, there really wasn't. I don't think like this realistic scenario where the Wolves were going to have cap space this summer, but this contract extension one year, $13 million, pretty much puts an end to any scenario where the Wolves would have had cap space come July. So the Wolves chose Beverly over you know any logical free agent that they could have landed. I think that's a pretty good choice for them to maintain their flexibility two years out where they can have cap space is a win. But if you're Beverly, his representation, you look at it and say, okay, $13 that's a good amount of money for one season. And so I think both sides can claim victory, but certainly the Wolves not guaranteeing any money two years out, a definite win with the injury history too. So you look at cap space two years out, you look at injury history, Bev's age, like there was no reason. You know, I said all along, I thought, you know, a happy medium would have been There's no way you could fully guarantee two years out. I thought you could have made it some sort of partial guarantee. Then if next year goes wrong, gotten out from underneath the contract, the Wolves just said, you know what? Forget even, you know, that scenario at all. Let's just do this one year, but we'll go with a little bit of an overpay because I would not have guessed 13. I would have come in a little bit lower Mm -hmm. than that. So the happy medium is we'll go a little bit more here for for next year because we're not going to be – A cap team, you know, cap space team anyway, will give you your money. You've had a a solid impact. I always knew both sides wanted to get something done. I've been saying that for a while. That's why I always foresaw this happening. Wasn't necessarily sure it would happen on February 14th, but, you know, the talks have been going on for for a bit. And so I'm not not overly surprised that, that it ultimately got done. But, yeah, the Wolves are very happy, and certainly Bev is very happy with this move.
0: Dukes, did those uh, talks start with the Bev camp saying that it had to be two years or was that, was that not a mandate at the start of the discussions?
1: Well, I mean, that's always the negotiation, right? Judd, I mean, if, if you're Kevin Bradbury, Patrick Beverly's agent, of course you're fighting for, for a guarantee beyond one year. But when you come to the realization, you're just not going to win that part of the negotiation. You look at, okay, for the 22, 23 season, What's the best way for me to, to maximize my client's earning potential? And you find, uh, you know, that, that number, 13 million, right? Like, that's, that's above the mid-level. You know, so if Bev had hit the market, so that's the other way to look at it if you're Kevin Bradbury. If Beverly had hit the market early July, what contract would he have gotten? Not, not many teams are cap space, by the way. Right. So he would have gotten, at best, the mid-level. That's not right. 13 million. Uh, could he have gotten two years? Potentially. But then if you're Bradbury, you could say, you know what? The trajectory of this franchise is on. It's going in the right direction. Keep Bev there. He'll keep making this big-time impact. He'll earn another contract anyway. I'll bet on my client. My client will bet on himself. They he'll have a good year, 22-23, and we'll do this again next year. You know, So that's another way to look at it. They say, you know what, even with the injury history, his impact on the court, off the court, We'll find a way to have him here for more than next season.
0: I l- love this too, Dukes, because of this. Um, so Pat Bev in that room and on the floor is incre- is incredibly v- valuable to this team. But his contract will expire as Ant is going into year four, I believe. And, and at some point in time, I think Ant is going to, to be the heartbeat completely of this team. Uh, he is in some ways now, but it's a little bit early to put that, hey, you've got a lead to on him. I could see after after next season, though, definitely a transition to Ant is the guy now. Like, he is the leader. He is the guy who brings the passion. Um, and so I think it syncs up nicely where if Pat Bev does leave at that time, it's not going to be the hit to the room that it would be if if he hadn't come back next season.
1: Fair. We'll also see a transformation. Like, this roster is still incomplete. Yes, I had a lengthy discussion with Sachin Gupta, the Wolves Executive VP of Operations, on Friday. That's on the most recent Scoop podcast. I, later in the conversation, I'm paraphrasing slightly, but my question was along the lines of, Sachin, do you have your core three in place with D'Lo and Cat? Do you feel like for the foreseeable future, you've got your main core in place? Not to take away from, you know, Jada McDaniels taking another step up, others. But but those three are your core three, your big three that you will build around. So would you like to extend D'Angelo Russell this summer? That's when he's extension eligible. You could not, for example, extend D'Angelo Russell right this second. You have to wait a little bit. So I said, is that the plan? Do you want to extend? D'Angelo Russell. I thought Sutchin's answer to me was pretty interesting. He tap danced slightly. It was essentially, we'll wait and see. We'll see how it unfolds. We'll mm-hmm. see if we can come to some sort of agreement. That wasn't, hey, yes, I've got my big three. I plan on building around these three. That goes back, Judd, to you know the trade deadline when I said there were two guys the Wolves weren't trading, Edwards Towns. D'Angelo Russell has always been on the table. He deserves praise for the year he's had. I wish he could stay on the floor for, you know, every game. He's missed too many games for my liking. That's what it is. I don't think that's necessarily going to change moving forward. But when he's been on the court, he's been excellent. But I'm telling you, he's never been untouchable. A lot of fans don't want to hear that, even when they hear it. They still don't want to believe it, but it's the truth. He's just, he's not untouchable. The Wolves would move Russell if the right deal presented itself. That's the issue. Like, who's trading for D'Angelo Russell? Even as good as he's been. It's not like there's a bunch of teams knocking down Gupta's door saying, give me, trade me D'Angelo Russell.
0: That's it. So do do you think if if you had to put a percentage on D'Angelo Russell being here in two years, what would that percentage be?
1: I mean, the fact that Gupta, on the record, I mean, it just doubles down on what I've heard, you know, on background. Right. I don't put a strong percentage mm. on that. But then the other question, the other part of this, Judd, is it's the elephant in the room. Is Gupta for sure the final decision maker? Was I, I was
0: going to ask you that question.
1: I asked him about that. Yeah. You know, it was another one of those, you know, we'll see, you know, Clearly, Mark Laurie, Alex Rodriguez are going to have a say in the new president of operations because whenever they take control, majority control, you know, you're going to give this president of operations a multi-year deal. So if it's December of 23, the plan right now, or if they try to speed up that timeline, I wouldn't be shocked if behind the scenes they are trying to speed up that timeline, but they still have to get their finances in order to, to some extent. But if they could speed up the timeline, if Glenn is open minded to speeding up the timeline, that's what not I was sure. going to say.
0: Yeah, not sure he is. Glenn might not want to do this right now.
1: No, yeah, I yeah, I don't think he's open minded to that. But right now, the plan is December of 2023. So let's just go on that premise. Even sure. though I'm telling you, it's, you know, worth watching. It bears watching that situation. But that's that's another talker for for a different day. Well, okay, the executive in charge, the the president of operations is going to sign a multi-year deal. So if you're going to pay that individual seven figures, which you are going to do, uh-huh. it's a question of how healthy of a, of a seven-figure number are you going to pay, then Mark and Alex are going to have a say in that process. So I just, I wonder how it's going to unfold. I've been saying I think Gupta's is here. I do, but his contract is expiring. I mean, they could just decide to part ways, go after Elton Brand. You know that's been the hot name for a while, but it could be a few other names. Landry Fields, you know, maybe there's some others. But you know, the Elton Brand team has been out there. I think there's legitimacy to the Elton Brand team. Number two guy in Philly was the number one before they brought in Daryl Morey. So, yeah, I'll I'll continue to keep an eye on that situation. But if you know, let's say Gupta's not here, Brand is or somebody else is, you know, then that might change my answer. But if Goop in charge. I'm not sure I'd go like this big number, like, you know, 60 or 70%. I'd go, I'd go significantly less than that.
0: How do we fairly judge Gupta?
1: Well, I mean, I think this Beverly move is a good move. Maintain the flexibility two years out. He signed a, a few guys, the 10-day deals. They'll keep an eye on the buyout market. Issue is, based on the luxury tax, they, like, they can't add a guy right this second. If they wanted to sign a guy this morning for the rest of the season, have that player for tonight's game, for tomorrow night's game, then it's the all-star break. But if you wanted to sign a guy today and have him in uniform tonight, because the Wolves do have an open roster spot, they sign a guy for the rest of the season. Now they could still do some gymnastics potentially later on, but you're past the trade deadline of, you know, giving away a Jake Lehman, attach a second round pick, create cap space that way. So trade deadline dead. Like, you're not signing – I guess what I'm getting at, Judd, you're not signing a guy right now because it's going to put you over the luxury tax. So you need to wait. But then the issue is a guy is not playoff eligible if he signs after – it's either March 1st or March 2nd. And so i got to find out what the exact day is where the Wolves can sign a guy, you know, prorated, you know, minimum salary for the rest of the year, where they still stay below the luxury tax. Right now – they are $870,000, give or take a few thousand dollars, under that luxury tax. So they don't want to go above that, trust me. <laughs> Glenn not going above it. that. Yeah, I mean, the luxury tax, that that pie of money, I mean, that is going to be in the neighborhood of $10 million per team that isn't over the tax. Glenn Taylor is not signing, you know, Willie Colley Stein or Moses Brown or Enos <laughs> Freedom today. <laughs> to sacrifice $10 million. It's just not happening. But uh, such and said, they'll they'll be on the lookout. I do know that the agents for some of these players are being proactive, looking at the Wolves saying, okay, that is the worst team in the league, defensive rebounding percentage. So my big man client, who now is on the market because he got let go, I need to call the Wolves to see if they have any interest. So Moses Brown's camp has reached out to the Wolves. Uh, Willie Colley camp has had a conversation with the Wolves, but nothing is happening, you know, for at least a couple weeks. But can I see them adding somebody in March to at least help them for the rest of the regular season, even if the guy isn't playoff eligible? Sure, I could see a scenario like that, so we can grade a move like that. But you're right. He came close at the trade deadline to acquiring Montrezl Harrell. You know, I was told at one point the Wolves, like, thought it was just about done. You know, then Charlotte, you know, swooped in, and you know, Washington decided to to take the offer from Charlotte instead of doing a deal with with the Wolves. You know, but even if he had acquired Montres Harrell, would that have been enough to fairly judge him? Let's say the Wolves complete that deal, then Montres well, Harrell that's, right yeah, now is a Wolf. Yeah. So okay, so he signs Greg Monroe, a couple other guys for ten day deals during the the COVID outbreak. You know, you trade for Montres Harrell. I'm just saying, it's hard to do and you right may now. Maybe you know do something else although if they had harrell i guess you know you probably although they would have probably sent a contract out so they still would have had a roster opening in all likelihood you know so you add a guy in march but really like how are you judging that but i think the bev move is good i, I really do a little bit of an overpay for next year but then maintaining the flexibility two years out you know but like was that a really hard move to execute probably not uh, so I don't know. It's a good question. Like, how do you? I'm just
0: trying to like deduct yeah. how how you say this is our guy when he's done. He's done a fine job of keeping the, the status quo. But Gerson built this team, and it's turned out to be good. And uh, oh, uh, Chris Finch has there, there been more about a contract extension there? You, you I see it happening it a couple months yeah. ago. You brought it. I just
1: I'll leave it at that, Judd. I I fully expect it to happen. Yeah, I think it'll happen okay. before next season. I can't tell you if it'll be. June, July, September, October, sooner. But yeah, before next season, I, I, I see it happening. I do. He's up when? I was told there, he was in lockstep with Rosas. I need to verify that there's a team option, but I think they would rip up that team option. Sure. Then extend him. There's not a team option. You just, you extend him. But I need to figure out for sure on the team option. I'd heard there was a team option, but, I wasn't able to verify that, so I, I need to continue to work on that angle.
0: Baseball question. Um, I've got a question that that didn't occur to me at the time, but now does. And the Twins and probably uh, some other clubs did this. The Twins put some guys on their 40-man last fall who are nice, young players. Mm-hmm. We all saw the lockout coming. Like, it's not a surprise. Oh, my God, there's a lockout. Um, we, we've, Duke's going back a year, talked about this potential. Why didn't they leave some of those young guys off the 40-man? Because it, if they had, they could play for the Saints. I guess I'm confused as to why you basically are locking out guys. And I, I'm not implying, like, Max Kepler, okay? So I'm saying, but there are some prospects that that were put on that roster who could have fairly easily been left off unless there was a Rule 5 concern. Um, But I guess I'm just a little bit confused as to why you wouldn't want a couple of those kids possibly playing in April in St. Paul when I don't see any way on God's green earth that they're going to be playing in April in the big leagues and basically now are, are
1: locked out. So you're talking about specifically Jose Miranda. Yes, I couldn't remember Royce Lewis. And is the proper pronunciation Josh Winder? Winder Uh, We've gone back
0: and forth. I forget now.
1: I should I'm not going to pretend
0: that I know. I forget. I'm
1: tempted to say it's Winder. And anybody else? Was it? Miranda Uh, was the main one that I thought of that came to mind. He was Rule 5 eligible the year previous, right? And he wasn't selected. Was he Rule Five eligible then again?
0: That's possible, and if that that I'd is, have to look all this up. I
1: just that I, makes sense. I get right. what you're saying. So, like Derek and Thad and Rob and all those guys, they've got deep knowledge of this, right? Like, because if Miranda was exposed, one hundred percent, he gets taken. Yeah, I so don't. They weren't going to outright okay. just lose Jose Miranda. Yeah, so I would imagine, like, they know that, right? Like, right. Okay, we can call those fair. guys a lot of things if we want to. I I'm don't just like asking it's one of them, I really don't, yeah, and so no, I'm not calling it, it has stupid. to be it's a good question, right? because it's a weird situation for for a lot of these guys. It really is, Yes. right, like if you're Jose Miranda, how weird is it? It's got to be really weird and you're locked
0: out now and you're screwed. you can't do anything I mean, can you know go work out by yourself, but you can't work with a team now,
1: you can't now. Did you see the loophole that one of the ESPN announcers tweeted on Monday about no. how guys can go play anywhere in the world? That there is a loophole where no. you can go play in Mexico? You can go play? Australia
0: the Australia? Now, West I don't know East. if
1: you're willing to do that. Put your body on the line. Right. Could you imagine? It might have been, yeah, Rojas. See one of the announcers, analysts for ESPN, Enrique Rojas. that they ring a bell.
0: That's very possible. Yeah. Don't know.
1: Yeah, I need to I would have to go reference the tweet, but and yeah, I mean it's hard to foresee guys doing that.
0: Why would you risk your
1: body? Plus with COVID and traveling out of the country and all that, there's still weirdness there. So not sure I see many guys doing that, although there are some guys maybe, you know, in their home countries right now that that might consider such a thing if this thing is going to continue to, to drag on. But yeah, you feel horrible for guys like Miranda. Think about Royce Lewis. Oh, he can use the at bats. When's the last time right, the he ball got in play baseball game? Yeah, before, you know, before the lockout hit the the extended spring or whatever they do at the end of the season, you know, right before the lockout, he got in a couple games, some action. Uh when was that? Sometime in November. Whatever they do there in in November in Fort Myers. But yeah. You know, and Royce in the past has spent time working out with Tory Hunter. I was texting with Torrey a couple weeks ago about Ortiz getting into the hall. I've mm-hmm. been meaning to catch up with Torrey, so I'll find out if if he's working with with Royce again, uh, but yeah, like, how do these guys? How do you, you know, now maybe some of these agencies can can come up with, you know, finding a way to to get some scrimmages going just so these guys can, right. can get some action. But then, if you're pitchers, you know, how much how much do you really want to be throwing in a live game? That doesn't count, you know. When when there's always a chance, like it's just it's odd. But, Judd, I mean, you saw this going back a long time. Oh, it's going to be it, – it, A lot of people it's didn't want bad. to believe it, but it's bad you or said worse it than December 1st. Heck, Judd, I remember you saying it like July 1st. You said, said it a, middle of the season last year. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's I been had bad. said for
1: a while that going back to what was a 2016 when they came up with, you know, the current CBA that then expired on, on December 1st that a lot of people had, you know, earmarked December 1st of 2021 that there was going to be a lockout, that yes. it would be ugly. But like you were saying in the summer, your vibe was, this thing is going to last a while. And at this point, I don't see the finish line. I really don't.
0: Manfred was hired for this. Like, this is why he's there. Mm-hmm. He's there to win this. So, All right, sir, we will talk to you Thursday, Doogie. Thank you.
1: Okay, see you, boys. Take it easy. bye Bye-bye. Bye-bye.